Have your fantasy teams been struggling this year? Or perhaps you've been doing pretty well but want to put yourself over the top? Then make sure to visit our friends over at Finish First Fantasy Advisors. They are the premier one-on-one consulting firm that specializes in providing you with expert support to help guide you to the championship. You will be matched with one of their expert advisors to provide you with the season-long insight for your redraft, dynasty, or DFS formats. Their advisors will contact you weekly to answer all of your questions and provide you the needed information to get to the next level. Set up a free 15-minute consultation by emailing them at info at finishfirstfantasy.com or by visiting them at www.finishfirstfantasy.com. That's www.finishfirstfantasy.com. Hello and welcome again to another episode of the Skull King Sports Fantasy Football Podcast. Brought to you by Dr. Squatch Soaps. Get 20% off orders of $20 or more when you order at drsquatch.com using the promo code SKS20 at checkout. That's 20% off orders of $20 or more at drsquatch.com when you use the promo code SKS20 at checkout. My name is Ryan Scullard. I am the host of the show tonight. And, uh... We, uh, I had a little difficulty figuring out what I wanted to do for tonight. I didn't necessarily want to kind of go over all the games that were coming up this week, especially since it, you know, we're we're unsure right now about what's going to happen with a couple of these games. So, what I thought I would do is, since we are through week four, um, I'd go ahead and do a first quarter review. So that's what we're doing tonight. Um, we're gonna go, we're gonna go over some of the news stories. Uh, some of the headlines from the week. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to just kind of go through and give some of my um, surprises. Um, some of my surprises, a couple of players that I think are um, doing more than expected that could come back down to earth. As well as some players that I think um, you should not give up on quite yet. So that's kind of where... That's kind of where we're going with the with the show tonight. Um, and in general, some guys that just I did not see it coming that they were do, that they were able to do quite this quite this much, um, and you know you know keep riding it as long as you can. So that's where we're going with the show. So um, I think I think that's all I have. Uh, for announcements or anything, so why don't we just jump right into this and get into today's headlines. Today's headlines. And our headlines are brought to you by the Sleeper app, uh, one of the one of the top platforms for doing your fantasy football leagues. Not only do they have awesome settings for um, creating your own dynasty league, you can run redraft leagues on them as well. Plus, you get massive amounts of alerts in terms of um, uh, player news and things like that, breaking news uh, through that app. Uh, really a, a solid app to use for your fantasy football season. So here we go with story number one. Two more positive COVID tests for Tennessee this morning. Uh, this is uh, recording this Wednesday night. So two more positive tests for Tennessee. One of those included Corey Davis, who is now on the COVID list for Tennessee. Um, it, and to go along with this, there are indications, a story came out that there were uh, Titans p- 
players deliberately breaking the uh, team protocols about not meeting together. Um, one of the, I believe one of the Titans longtime journalists uh, got pictures apparently of Titans players practicing at a local high school. Uh, the high school students said that, uh, that it was Tennessee Titans players. There are Tennessee Titans players on, I believe AJ Brown actually said on Twitter, um, when seeing the picture said, you can't prove that any of these guys are us. I plead the fifth. So that kind of tells you what's going on there. Um, we will have to see what, what the, um, what kind of goes on from here. As long as there are no more tests, positive tests in the morning, uh, and they can keep that going, it still looks like Tennessee is going to be playing Buffalo this weekend. Uh, if it is determined that um, that they that they broke protocols, if there's more positive tests, I honestly think that a forfeit is coming. Um, I've seen calls for them to forfeit both this past week against Pittsburgh as well as next week against Buffalo. I mean, I guess that's possible. So as of right now, it looks like, as for now, as of this morning, so as of Wednesday morning, um, New the New England-Denver game and the Tennessee-Buffalo game remain on schedule, but we'll see what happens over, well, when you guys listen to this, we'll see what it will have happened this morning, so... Um, as of right now, I am cautiously optimistic and at the same time a little pessimistic. Um, I would be prepared to not have the Tennessee Buffalo game played. New England and Denver, we'll see with, uh, obviously Cam Newton is on there and of course the, 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 uh, you know, announcement yesterday about uh, about Stefan Gilmore uh, testing positive as well this morning. So um, again, we'll we'll just kind of see how this goes. So uh, story number two, man, the Buccaneers are beat up uh, going into a Thursday night game against the Chicago Bears. The Bucks have already ruled out Chris Godwin, Justin Watson. And LaShawn McCoy with Leonard Fournette doubtful and Mike Evans and Scotty Miller questionable. I mean, it may <laughs> this game may come down to I mean this may be a big Cameron Brayton and and uh Rob Gronkowski game. They may have to have Cameron Brayton play wide receiver in this one. This is how depleted they are right now. So obviously something to watch. I think I'm guessing that Evans will probably still play. Miller, I believe, is a chest injury, so I'm not sure he might still play as well. But you know, again, something to watch. Make sure you've got make sure you've got backups in play ready to go. Uh, number three, Haskins. Dwayne Haskins has been demoted, not to being the backup, but to being the quarterback three behind Kyle Allen and Alex Smith. Meaning Kyle Allen will be the starter, Alex Smith will be the second to come in. Now, I know that there are a lot of people that are really supporting Haskins, um, and he hasn't played terrible, especially compared to last year. 
But one thing that we have to remember is that this season, he now has his third head coach, head coach brought in that didn't draft him, that wasn't part of the previous regime, um, new offensive coordinator. There's just there's a lot going on not in Dwayne Haskins' favor. Um, you know, he played only one season as a starting quarterback in, in college. Normally, usually, that does not necessarily, that's uh, uh, usually a hindrance of someone having a good career in the NFL. Just because they did it one year, usually you want a track record of two to three years um, of success at the NFL level. And let's not forget, Dwayne Haskins came out after, after his redshirt sophomore year, I believe. So, um, just he didn't have a ton of college, a ton of college um play so again very interesting and for me if I mean I, I almost kind of want to see Kyle Allen really not do well just so Alex Smith can play again I mean just how big would that be but a um, couple of little things uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is back to limited practice so we won't have to worry about the the Nick Mullins and and uh, CJ Beathard conversation anymore it looks like Garoppolo is most likely going to be playing this next weekend uh, Le'Veon Bell is eligible to come off of IR and the Saints and Chargers game the Saints have actually um, petitioned it looks like or they are in the process of let me get that let me get that uh, they're con they're considering evacuating to Indianapolis on Thursday because of Hurricane Delta and have discussed a contingency plan with the NFL to play their Monday night game against the Chargers in Indianapolis. Now, considering that with COVID, this actually makes the most sense because you're not worried about um, fans showing up. Since most stadiums aren't having fans in the games anyways, this works really well um, and, and is a very viable um, a very viable idea that I think, I think the NFL should seriously consider um, for this game for Monday night. So, all right. That's it for the stories. Why don't we go ahead and get into our uh, our first quarter review of the season. So what I'm going to do is, like I said, I'm going to go through. I've got uh, a couple quarterbacks, a, a few running backs, a few wide receivers, uh, some tight ends, and just some guys I want to look at, and you guys that are doing well that weren't ex I wasn't expecting, guys that are not doing well, um, and, and just kind of go through that. Um, and kind of look at where where guys are at, and compared to where we expected them. So, um, let me pull this up right there. Okay. So, starting off with the quarterbacks, I think the the big surprise for me is Josh Allen. I mean, we a lot of people talk about you know Russell Wilson. We weren't expecting him to be quarterback number one this early. I mean, he was back and forth with Lamar Jackson last year as quarterback one through like the first six to eight weeks. So I'm not necessarily surprised. I'm surprised how much more they're allowing Russell Wilson to pass. But the fact that they're doing it is allowing him to score more points than he used to. Um, Josh Allen is the surprise really for me because of the fact he is number three overall in scoring for quarterbacks. And he's number three in in game or in uh, points per game. Josh Allen has had an absolutely phenomenal um, season this year passing the ball. 
Um, let me see. Let me pull up his his actual stats. Um, he has thrown. Let's see. He has thrown for over thirteen hundred yards. He's on pace for a. F- okay, Josh Allen, and Russell Wilson are on pace for throwing o- for over five thousand yards. That's how crazy this season is already in terms of passing. Um, Josh Allen has a a seventy point nine percent completion percentage after having a 52.8 and a 58.8 the last two years um i mean he's on pace to throw for as many yards as he did the last two years combined just insane um what he is doing right now already thrown he's already thrown for more touchdowns this year than he did in his first season in four games he's thrown for 12 and he only threw for 10 in 2018 so just what he is doing is 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 amazing um, and just not, not at all what any of us expected. So he's he's like my big surprise. Another big surprise in in a good way. Um, let me pull it up. And this is actually, I'm going to do this based on average points per game. Justin Herbert, after three three games, three starts, is the QB ten based on points per game. So he's only missed one game, the first game where they had Tyrod Taylor starting. When he came in and had to start game two because of the of the punctured lung for Tyrod Taylor, since then he has thrown for 300 yards, I believe, in each game, or at least close to it. Um, and has he's averaging basically 21 points a game, QB 10, based on points per game. So really a, a outstanding season for him so far. Um, just it, It's going to be hard to... I think it's going to be hard to justify once Tyra Taylor comes back, you know, Coach Lynn dro- uh, sitting him for Tyra Taylor. So there really isn't any quarterback that, that I think is really, you know, fallen off. I mean, really, I mean, Matt Ryan and Deshaun Watson, obviously not what you'd expect, but Matt Ryan is dealing with injuries, has been dealing with injuries to, um, to Julio Jones dealing with uh, hamstring injuries. And they haven't been able to get in the end zone all that much, to be honest. I mean, they have, okay, they have in a couple of games, but at the same time, they've also been shut down a little bit. Um, He's only average, I mean, he's averaging less than 20 points per game. And while, you know, three, four years ago, that would have been pretty good. It's just, they're not, I mean, he's also, he's, I think he's on pace for almost 5,000 yards as well. So he's throwing the ball a ton, He's not necessarily throwing for the touchdowns. Um, so he's uh, sorry. Sorry, Matt Ryan has Matt Ryan is uh, sorry nineteen point five points per game. And then Deshaun Watson, I think we all kind of saw this coming, uh, averaging nineteen point twelve points per game, just above Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff. Um, I think a lot of us saw this coming when there was no when there wasn't going to be DeAndre Hopkins. He doesn't have a legit number one wide receiver anymore, so that's obviously greatly hindered his ability to to do much. So, so yeah, so there's our there's our quarterbacks. Why don't we go ahead and move on to the running backs and make sure that we have this not in standard scoring but in half point PPR because that's what we mainly do here is where we base all of our rankings on is half point PPR. Big surprise, Mr. James Robinson is running back six. Um, even based on points per game, he is still, what, running back? 
running back seven, running back eight. So just a phenomenal season from him so far. Not what you would expect, considering that this was supposed to be, you know, Leonard Fournette's contract year, and then when they released him, this was Ryquell Armstead's backfield, and then Chris Thompson was dealing with injuries, and Ryquell Armstead goes on COVID. So here, I guess we'll just throw James James Robinson into it, and James Robinson has been phenomenal. Played really, really well this year. So um, he, you know, he's a top ten running back right now, averaging seventeen point four points per game. You, he's a must start basically at this point so far. Um, that you 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 really can't sit because they're using a a very run based offense in Jacksonville. Um, next up, in terms of points per game. 14.1 points per game is Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon was the running back one last week. Going into week four, Joe Mixon was running back 38, averaging 7.9 points per game and half-point PPR. And because of week four, he is now overall running back eight, and in terms of average points per game, is running back 12. Absolutely insane. But this is what you get with Joe Mixon. And he doesn't necessarily have a, a great... Here, let me let me pull up his... There we go. Pull up his... His next few starts against at Baltimore... At Indianapolis, who's been absolutely filthy on defense this year, especially against the run. Um, at Cleveland, who's middle of the road. Tennessee, who's given up a lot on the on the uh, on the ground, so that that possibly could be a decent game for him. Then a bye week in week nine, and then week ten, he goes up against Pittsburgh, who's been absolutely deadly against the run, holding it down. So he does not have favorable matchups coming up. So I'm. I'm, again, this week, going to move him down in my rankings because I'm not expecting him to put up those kind of numbers again. I expect him to be more close to running back 15 to 20 than he will be at running back, you know, running back 1 to 5 like he was last week. So, um, so yeah, so moving on. Another thing to look at, some guys may be panicking a little bit on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Um, I wouldn't be, and here's why. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, in terms of points per week and half-point PPR, is running back 17. A lot of people drafted him in the first round. I drafted him in the first round in a league, in a half-point PPR league. I think I drafted him as, the, I think he was the sixth or seventh running back off the board. I had the eighth or ninth or tenth pick and managed to get him. I'm not panicking with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He's averaging 14.1 points per week, which is the equivalent of running back 17. But he has no touchdowns yet through four games. If he had only one touchdown, one touchdown, that would actually bring his, his, that would bring him up from running back 17 and half point PPR to running back 12 and half point PPR. And then we're having that conversation of, okay, he's right about where, you know, he's in that plus or minus, you know, if you drafted him, say running back, running back eight or nine, you know, three to four positions up or down. He's within that that uh, margin of error, if you want to call it. So I think the touchdowns are going to come for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. They're not there yet, 
but I think they're going to come. So do not, I'm not panicking. Again, looking forward to his schedule. Versus Las Vegas. Let's see if I can pull it up here. Versus Las Vegas, great matchup. Versus Buffalo, another great matchup. I want to say they're right now bottom 10 in terms of giving up fantasy points to the running back position. Then Denver, who's been pretty stiff against against running backs. Then he gets the Jets and Carolina, who are two of the worst teams against the run. So he has a very, very good schedule coming up over these next four weeks, over these next five weeks with a bye week in week 10. I think Clyde Edwards Hilaire is going to start getting touchdowns and going to start getting good points for you. Do not panic. One guy to definitely panic on. <laughs> Moving on to is um, Kenyon Drake. He was drafted, it looks like, right around that running back 17 spot. Now, he has some good matchups coming up. He's got the New York Jets. Dallas Cowboys kind of back and forth. Then he gets Seattle in week seven. And Seattle is actually in the top five in terms of fan, um, defending against the running back position. They can't, I mean, they give up everything in the pass game, but they're pretty good against the run. And then he gets Miami and Buffalo, which are decent matchups. The thing is, what worries me about Kenny Drake is the fact that they're utilizing so much of the passing game, much more than they did last year in Arizona, because they have DeAndre Hopkins. They're allowing um, they're allowing Kyler Murray to throw a lot more. And in in the passing game, talk about the passing game, Kenyon Drake is actually getting out-targeted by by um, by Chase Edmonds. I want to say it's like 17 to 5. Chase Edmonds, 17 targets through four weeks. And let's see where I think it's right here. Kenyon Drake has five targets. Did not get targeted in the last game. Two, two, one, and zero. While you have while you have Chase Edmonds, who's in the top 15 in the league for running backs in targets. Five, four, two, and six. I mean, they talked about at the beginning of the year that Chase Edmonds could start for most teams. That's what that's what Kingsbury was saying. Now it could have just been, you know, coach hyperbole, but that tells you something about their belief in Chase Edmonds. And if something isn't going right with Kenyon Drake, we could see a switch. So all right. So moving on to the wide receivers. Some big surprises for me. I never would have expected DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett to be the equivalent of last year's Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. But that's what they are right now. Going on to the wide receivers, in half-point PPR, Tyler Lockett is wide receiver number number two, averaging 16.7 points per game. DK Metcalf is number eight, averaging 16.1 points per game. And really, if you go to, I mean, if you go to standard scoring, it actually flips. DK Metcalf's number two, and Tyler Lockett's number six. But Tyler Lockett tends to get targeted more. Um, if you're in full PPR, Tyler Lockett's four, DK Metcalf is eight. So the fact that Seattle is utilizing the pass game so much, I mean, it's it. It's not what anyone. It's not what a lot of people expected. It's what people were asking for. People in Seattle were begging for this you know hashtag let russ cook has been going on especially in seattle forever 
Um, and they're finally letting him do it. And because of it, it is, it is proving to be a very, very successful model. So just not what I was expecting. I, I, I honestly expect to continue to see this. Now, if they don't both finish in the top 10, I won't necessarily be surprised. I think they both finish in the top 15. That's I mean, that's kind of what I expected if they were a little bit, you know, taking the next step up and they're allowing Russ to throw a little bit more. It's very, it very well could be possible that as long as everyone stays healthy, they both finish. I mean, they could both finish near the top five. That's how dominant, especially DK has been. So, um, another big surprise for me, CD Lamb. Uh, right now, he is wide receiver number fourteen. He's thirteen in terms of points per week at thirteen point seven points. So, he has obviously taken over Michael Gallup in terms of the number two wide receiver. He works a lot from the slot, which I think provides a lot of value to someone like Dak Prescott, who in years past uh, really um, depended on uh, Jason Witten and Cole Beasley. So, um, you know, because Lamb runs most of his routes in the slot, he basically gets a lot of those, again, those same types of routes as, as Beasley and and uh, and Witten does, but because he's bigger, stronger, more athletic, he's going to turn those into more points. So, um CeeDee Lamb is definitely a guy that you're going to be starting every week, especially <laughs> because because they can't stop anyone from scoring. Uh, Dallas is going to have to keep throwing the ball like this. I mean, um, Dak Prescott is on pace for like 6,400 6, pass yards. I mean, that's, <laughs> it's, that's how ridiculous uh, it is right now for Dallas. So I think it's three consecutive 400-yard passing games. Um. Justin Jefferson, wide receiver 19. Now, I had a question last week in my in my weekly um, pregame Sunday live stream. Someone asked me, Justin Jefferson or Julio Jones? At this point, Justin Jefferson had the one huge game. I said Julio Jones. If we think Julio Jones is going to be healthy, play Julio Jones. Because if Julio Jones is healthy, he's, in my opinion, he's the more proven commodity if you want I mean, for lack of a better term Justin Jefferson had one game was basically not used in week one I think he may have had an injury week two you know, a little bit week three had explosive game huge game 175 yards plus a you know and one of those was a 71 yard touchdown and then so I want Julio now we all know Justin Jefferson had a, a really good game again I am now to the point, seeing that Justin Jefferson has put that together two weeks in a row and that they're trusting him, I can now, now I would start to lean towards Justin Jefferson. Because it takes a pattern for me to, I'm not going to just switch to a rookie because he has one big game. Now he's had two. And this week, he has a really good matchup against my Seattle Seahawks where they haven't been able to stop anyone in the past game. So Justin Jefferson's likely in for another big game. So I would take this week Justin Jefferson over Julio Jones, who likely is still going to be nursing that hamstring injury. So, But yeah, Justin Jefferson is uh, right now wide receiver 19, and I look f- I look to see him moving up the, moving up the, the, the rankings a little bit. Big surprise, not necessarily for me though, DJ Moore. For those of you who drafted DJ Moore to be, I want to say, wide receiver 14, he is wide receiver 35, averaging 9.5 points per week in half-point PPR. I'm not going to say I told you so, because he could come out of this. Um, 
in terms of targets, I want to say he's in like the top ten. Uh, let's see, where's 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 it? Um, he's the top twelve in terms of targets. He's averaging eight targets a game. However, Robbie Anderson is getting was it uh, eight and a half per game. I think Robbie Anderson is turning into the wide receiver one in this offense. Now, again, we go back to DJ Moore had a great season last season. And everyone expected a lot out of him. But because part of that was they were running a high-powered offense. Uh, not necessarily a high-powered offense. They were running a high-tempo offense. They ran the sixth most amount of plays. Had the third most amount of pass attempts. But if you look at DJ Moore's efficiency, it's not very good over the last couple of years. When he had a more stable offense that could run the ball and wasn't just predicated on playing catch-up, which they're kind of again doing this year, he has not performed all that well. His, his yards after catch per reception is not great. Um, it's very middle of the road, so like... You know, and that's for running back or for wide receivers and tight ends. So I'm not, I'm not buying DJ Moore. I I understand the target share is there, but with a quarterback like Teddy Bridgewater, that Robbie Anderson is just playing a downfield guy. That's what he is. That's not DJ Moore. DJ is more of a slot guy. I trust Robbie Anderson right more right now, obviously more than I do DJ Moore. I don't think DJ Moore, again, he had he had to not only in order to have match last year, he had to improve his efficiency in an offense that was likely likely going to slow down, not have as many plays, not be as high tempo, not pass as much. So he has to improve efficiency just to m- come close to what he did last year. And I'm not seeing that happen. So a uh, couple more. Jameson Crowder, he's number three in points per week, but he's only played two weeks. Um, I like Jameson Crowder. I think he is going to be – I think he's great for PPR, half-point PPR, because of how many targets he gets. Because, um, you know, Sam Donald is going to continue to target him. Sam Donald's not playing this week, though. So you're dealing with the injury there. Um, and again, it's a matter of, you know, can, can Crowder stay healthy? The other guy I want to look at was Cole Beasley, wide receiver 26, 10.3 points per week. Cole Beasley is on pace for a thousand yards this year in Buffalo as the wide receiver three. That's never something I expected to see. Um, but Cole Beasley is a, he is a flex play in 10 team leagues and he's a wide receiver three. In twelve team leagues, he is I, he. He's almost. He, I mean, he's borderline wide receiver two, low end wide receiver two in 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 twelve team half point PPR leagues. So the, just something to keep an eye on as you're going through the season. All right, rounding it off with the with the with the tight ends. Robert Tanyan is tight end one because of one week. I went over this in the last last podcast. I don't think that um, Robert Tanyan is the next big thing. I, he's not the next George Kittle. 
You know why? Because he's not going to get targeted like George Kittle. Tight ends. George Kittle, let's see, in, in average per game, in average targets per game, he's averaging 10. And that's because he went out early in week one and only had five targets. Missed games two and three. Had 15 in week four. They're, he's going to continue to get that many targets. Let me find him, scroll down, see where I can find him. Let's see. Mr. Robert Tanyan is averaging... Can I even find him here? Or is he listed? Oh, I want... Nope, oh, there he is. Is averaging three and a half targets per game. Didn't get a target in week one. Got three in week two, five in week three, six in week four. Now, he did a lot with those targets in those three games. But in each of those games, there wasn't a Devontae Adams. When Devontae Adams comes back, Robert Tanyan may still have the same, close to the same efficiency... Scoring what five touchdowns in five touchdowns in three weeks? On was it twelve targets? Three, five, nine, no, three, five, eight, four, on fourteen targets. Five touchdowns and fourteen targets. Devontae Adams is going to get those red zone targets when he comes back. When he is healthy, now that they've got a bye week, when he gets back, Robert Tanyan is going to go is going to stay at those 3.5 targets per game if not go down. And therefore is not going to be the next George Kittle. Period. Sorry to burst your bubble. Um couple of the little surprises. Uh John o. Smith is number 2 in tight ends for points per week at 14.2. Absolutely um really having a great a great season before the whole COVID thing hit Tennessee. So um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But he is a must start every week um, when he's healthy and when you know Tennessee can actually play. Tyler Higby, tight end nines, kind of more where I figured he would be right now. Um, tight end nine in terms of points per week at ten point five. A lot of people are drafting him as tight end six, five, six, or seven. Um. I just, I wasn't expecting it. I wasn't seeing it. I didn't think that was quite what he was there for. Um, I understand he had this massive output the last four weeks of the season last year. There's still too much talent on that team, and it's going to get spread around. Now, he could he could go through another streak like he did last year. But with Robert Woods and um, and Cooper Cup healthy, Gerald Everett is healthy. He so he's taken a couple. You know, Gerald Everett's taken a couple of uh, uh, of targets away. Um, taken a touch, had a, a running touchdown. Um, you know, they've tried to really work on the run game with with Henderson, and we'll see what Cam Akers can do once he comes back. So, um, not surprised that Tyler Higby hasn't done quite as well as a lot of people are expecting. And finally, Austin Hooper. Last year, one of the top tight ends. Goes to, I mean, we all should have seen this coming. He went to a team in Cleveland with a head coach who the year before was a offensive coordinator for one of the top running teams in the league that didn't hardly throw to tight ends. So now it should be no surprise that Austin Hooper is tight end 25 with 5.4 points per week. It just, it shouldn't, it shouldn't surprise us. So... 
I don't know if he can turn around. They're, again, they're they're going to be so focused. They're really focused on on wanting to get um, Odell back and going. You know, especially after the the week that he had this last week, and and trying to keep that going. Jarvis Landry hasn't been hasn't been utilized a whole lot. So much of this of, of their offense has gone through Nick Chubb and and Kareem Hunt. Right now, it's going to go through Kareem Hunt and probably Dernis Johnson. So. I don't see Austin Hooper having this big comeback rise. I he's he is going to fade into fantasy obscurity because he's not in an offense that's going to target him. He doesn't have a quarterback that's going to target him. So, all right, those are some of my observations from the first quarter of the season. I hope you guys are ready for the next the next set of games this next week. Um. Should be interesting to see kind of what happens, especially, again, following all the COVID stuff with, with Tennessee. But um, what we'll, we're going to continue to do our best to give you guys uh, the the information and the rankings that you need in order to make the best decisions for your fantasy teams. Um, and we, we want to thank you guys for, for trusting us and hope that you guys um, continue to dominate your fantasy leagues. Again, my name is Ryan Skullrud. This has been the Skulking Sports Fantasy Football Podcast. We'll talk to you guys later. Hey, Skulking Nation. Thank you for listening to the Skulking Football Podcast. Did you like this episode? If so, be sure to go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube to subscribe. Also, please leave us a rating and reviews to let us know how we can better help you rule your leagues.